Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. I'm Mary Caffrey, Managing Editor of the Evidence-Based Series for the American Journal of Managed Care. As healthcare systems strive to achieve the triple aim, delivering better care and better health while reducing costs, hospitals are recognizing the role that things like poor housing and inadequate food play in repeat visits to the emergency room. We call these social determinants of health, and nonprofit hospitals must now address them with prevention strategies. In Maine, a partnership between the Maine Medical Center and the Southern Maine Agency on Aging to provide appropriate meals to Medicare patients transitioning from the hospital produced phenomenal results, which appear in the current issue of the American Journal of Managed Care. I'm speaking with Catlin Blackstone, Chief Program Officer for the Southern Maine Agency on Aging, who is here to tell us about the program, which produced a 387% return on investment. Welcome, Catlin. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us about your agency and how you decided to form a partnership with the Maine Medical Center for this program? Sure. The Southern Maine Agency on Aging, or what I refer to as SMA, um, we were in the first round of the CMS awardees to deliver the Community-Based Care Transitions Program in 2012. And this project required a community-based organization, and that's us, um, as the applicant to work closely with the health system to share resources and data on high-risk discharged patients who are insured by Medicare. We partnered with Maine Medical Center, which is part of a, actually a much larger health system to deliver care transitions to patients returning home after a hospital or a skilled nursing facility. Um, and our coaches were trained in the Coleman model, and they were a mix of registered nurses, which were part of the, uh, the health system, and then social workers, which were part of our system. And during this project, we had been hearing a lot about um, post-hospital syndrome, whereby patients were returning home after a hospital stay in well, like weakened conditions and often coming home to a kitchen with no food, or if there was food, they still weren't well enough to prepare a meal. And about a fifth of Medicare patients were being discharged from the hospital and developing an acute medical problem, which was causing readmission. So we thought, let's, you know, how can we address this in the simplest, most basic way? So with all this in mind, we decided to offer meal delivery to the CCTP patients within a four-day range, but actually most of the people got their meals within 48 hours of discharge. And because caregivers um, were feeling burdened by um, this actual need for food um, and preparing meals and so forth, we also decided to offer meals to those patients who relied on the assistance of our primary caregivers to provide their meals and other essential assistance. Can you give us an example or two of a typical meal a person would receive? Well, that's an interesting question, um, and I'm glad you brought it up, actually. The typical type of meal from long ago um, associated with, like, Meals on Wheels um, relied heavily on the concept of American comfort food, and that's been replaced over the years simply because we have a much better understanding of nutritional requirements as they relate to specific illnesses. And because we have the ability to match the meals now with the needs of most patients, a typical meal is actually kind of hard to describe because we offer medically oriented meals such as diabetic and renal and heart healthy, 
pureed, low sodium, reduced calorie, and then other things, you know, personal choices like vegetarian. So it's kind of hard to say what a typical meal is, actually. How were the patients introduced to this program before they left the hospital? And is it important that the meals were offered alongside this community-based transition program? Yes, uh, we had two uh, navigators on site in the hospital, um, and they had a list of patients who were getting close to discharge. And we were very successful in getting patients to accept simply delivered meals by letting them know this was part of their personalized transition services. So it was part of this. It wasn't a separate add-on. In other words, it was kind of like an opt-out choice. They, they certainly didn't have to take it, but it was automatically theirs. Um, and most patients accepted, and some also requested caregiver meals. Um, so having access to the patients in the hospital face-to-face -face made a big impact on the acceptance rate, and I'm, I'm convinced we would not have had this anywhere near the same amount of participants if they had simply been handed a brochure or given a number and told to call. It just it never would have happened. So being on-site face-to-face was very important. The results showed that you had um, 622 patients, and w among those patients, you had savings of $212,000. Um, did those results surprise you? And the, and the level of return, did that surprise you? Right. Well, we were confident there would be some positive benefit cost results. We, we were very, very pleased with the high level of return and, and felt that having this data would be absolutely necessary to attract the attention of health systems and insurance providers going forward. The article mentions a review of nine different studies of uh, coordinated care interventions, and some improved outcomes and some re reduced costs, but the meal seems to be the one that achieves both. And do you believe more health systems will take this approach based on your results and, and other discussions like this? Right. Well, we certainly hope that more health systems will understand the positive impact that nutrition has on the overall health of their patients. One additional piece that I wanted to mention. Um, is the importance of the more than a meal approach. In other words, when we deliver meals, um, this is the perfect opportunity for a visual check-in to assess for additional needs. Some of the social determinants of health we found were able to, we were able to address, address it directly with a referral to our social workers back at the Agency on Aging. The connections to the AAA for us acted as a safety net for those patients and their caregivers. I spoke recently with Brenda Schmidt of Solera Health, and her company is working with Feed America on similar interventions. And Brenda said the ability to get Medicare reimbursement is crucial, that this lets providers finally pursue these kinds of interventions. What are your thoughts on the importance of Medicare coverage for these kinds of initiatives? I think it's extremely important for Medicare to reimburse for this basic intervention. As more and more older adults face food insecurity and living well into their 90s, making that connection between health and nutrition is vital. It's a food as medicine approach that, along with some assistance addressing the social determinants of health, can only improve outcomes for high-risk patients as they recover and move from frail to healthy. Your article mentions the need to brand the program differently from Meals on Wheels. Can you discuss why this was important? Yes, um, we found that some people, um, a lot of people actually have a, a not so positive association with Meals on Wheels. And some of the reasons um, they were relaying back to us is that they believe this service was 
for someone else, someone who is frail or, or more in dire need than themselves, um, or that they were only for very low-income people, et cetera. So we chose to rebrand the same meals and assess the acceptance versus the Meals on Wheels. So the meals come in one paper bag with handles and a bright logo. It's the same meals, different packaging. And these we found were very popular and patients and their caregivers responded by saying things like, these were delicious, these meals were a lifesaver. I had no food waiting for me when I got home and all sorts of things along those lines. So it was very important for us to separate this out from the regular Meals on Wheels and have a standalone product. Well, what are your next steps and what are maybe some final thoughts you have about this initiative? Well, we were so pleased that we were able to present um, this additional basic benefit to the patients we enrolled in the CCTP. And I would highly recommend this to anyone delivering transitions of care between settings to their patients. It's a very low cost intervention with positive benefit cost results and high, high patient satisfaction. It also allows for a more thorough assessment of patient needs for additional services that have proven to be drivers of ED utilization. And I think the AAAs are, are definitely equipped um, to address the social determinants of health, and many are ready to partner with larger healthcare systems. And I think, um, you know, the AAAs in general are just an under, uh, underutilized resource. So I'm hoping that uh, the larger healthcare systems and some of the um, insurance providers will consider um, this low-cost intervention. Well, Catlin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you.